Hey, this is Karen from Deconversion Therapy, and we're going to offer something a little bit different. This is going to be just me, sorry about that, talking to you about overcoming the fear of hell. One reason is because this is going to be something short that you can listen to at night, like a lullaby, uh, especially because that can be when our heads and our imaginations start running amok. And also because a lot of you have asked about how to overcome this fear of going to hell, even though your beliefs are starting to wane or change, deconstruct, there's that word, got to put it in. Um, And also because I experienced this very deeply as compared to Bonnie. The first thing I recommend if you're contemplating and thinking that there's still a hell is that you also must believe in God at some point in this narrative. So go ahead and pray to God and ask him if he's an all-loving God that he protect you during this time of doubting. The Bible made a big deal about the prodigal son who drifted away and then returned, and using that example to help ease your mind, you can pray to God and just say, while I'm questioning, uh, I hope that you'll protect me. I request that you do. I pray that you do. And that might help start to ease your mind as you go into some bigger doubts and questioning. Now for some facts. I'm not going to trigger more things in our memories and our minds and our imaginations, but I do want to go over that the fear of hell is universal across all religions nearly, so you're not alone. This is what most people battle with in one way or another. You are going to battle with it according to how long and how deep your indoctrination was, as well as your own personality. You know, what kind of uh, fears do you usually hold on to? And you need to know that when we were taught these frightening things, I mean, there's nothing scarier, right? And you're learning this when you're a very young kid, that that kind of fear releases adrenaline and cortisol. So our bodies are used to hearing the words, seeing the images, and that release of adrenaline and cortisol being unleashed on our teeny tiny bodies. And that stays with us. So whenever we think of this, And we go through these doubts, those same hormones are released because that's what has been told to our body. That's how you need to respond to this. So it's very predictable. It's just a physical response that starts in our brains. And to acknowledge that and know that is a good step in starting to reprogram your mind and then your body can follow in that same way. You know, there were two things that really made the whole idea of Satan and the devil and all the great things that go with hell that our pastors and uh, our little children's Bible books told us about. There were two things that really screwed us up. The first part is the damn imagery. 
I mean, they put it in these kids' Bibles. Um, I used to put the deviled ham from Underwood, I think it's called. Uh, I'd turn it around in my pantry because I was so scared, you know, of just the clip art of a devil. Uh, And then there was a time that my brother, of course, told me the devil lived in the toilet and would um, grab my butt. And so... I was constipated for like two years. But there is this horrifying imagery that goes along with it, and our imaginations would make it go further. And because we would imagine that by ourselves, that brought on a lot more of that frightening factor where when we imagine heaven, you know, we could sort of feel that and identify that when we were in church on a Sunday morning, the singing, the hymns, the people in robes, whatever your church was like, if they were dancing all around or had snakes, you know, you're like, okay, this is familiar. This is comforting. Heaven's going to be a bit the same, but just with a lot more people. But when we were thinking about that other place, again, it was in those dark times, Um, where we're alone, and it's night, and we would have natural fears, of course, as children do. But the second thing that really can get us is because it is a separation from our loved ones, supposedly. And when we think of that, of course, our mind goes back and gets triggered to that time that we lost sight of our parents or guardians in a grocery store. That quick panic that makes you feel, I'm lost, I'm going to be alone like this forever, running in a circle without my family. And, of course, that gets solved eventually in reality. But when we think about that being an eternity and a separation from the ones we love, to many of us, that is the most difficult thing as we become an adult. But I'm going to ease your mind. You've stuck through this this far, about the realities of hell. Christianity was not the first ones to make this shit up. It goes back in written form back to Norse gods, but you can see it throughout every existing, or I'll say most existing religions. But it was also, again, in Greek mythology, Roman mythology, It would be called the underworld. It would be called Hades. This whole idea that good people will go to a good place after life, bad people will go to a bad place. It makes total sense to us. Even, I guess, like the cavemen or cave persons, thank you, they would see someone, you know, living in their cave with them who was a really bad, terrible person, killed people, and they knew this person has to be punished. This person we are going to excommunicate, get them out of our cave, number one. Number two, we really feel that we're different from him. That is just a simple punishment. We understand how to do that on earth to sort of divide that good and the bad. But what we really want is eternal damnation for people and eternal, you know, happiness and love and butterflies for us. 
because that is the way our brains are made. Every day you hear different sayings like, oh, that person will get their comeuppance, or karma's a bitch, or what goes around comes around, he'll get his. I have a lot of these uh, from the Trump era that I repeated, but we know that that isn't true. Like, it's frustrating for us to see evil people succeed or be praised or become presidents, and really good people have terrible things happen to them. Really innocent people have terrible things happen to them. So it's obvious that we need that to happen in the afterlife. That's what our brains need. That not only makes us feel better, but that justifies the reality we're living in. We need that to happen at the depth of, you know, our minds. We really need to see that people are going to suffer. And because they don't do it on earth, we have assigned that to them for after. It's very hard to get over this. It will take years And that's fine because just like other triggers for people with mental health, things that they're dealing with, this happens to be ours. This was handed to us by the church, by our families. But it's not something that we can't overcome. It is its own form almost of addiction where we feel more comfortable staying in one place rather than making the hard decision to do the work and come out on the other side. So going back to that prayer, if you pray to God or Jesus, please let me live until I get over all these questions. Don't send me to hell. Just give me some time and space. Um, If you're an all-loving God, you would obviously do that. And you can already tell I'm sounding uh, a little, uh, is it argumentative? Probably. Let's just say it is. Because I was so deep in that for so long. I was uh, in the charismatic movement, so spiritual warfare really came with its own images and a lot of very real things that I actually thought I saw on earth. Um So it was really a lot of work that I had to do actively to try and change that. But the idea of telling God that, you know, I acknowledge that you're the Alpha and the Omega and you're in charge of everything and you love me, so please give me this time without letting me die, to me made sense at that time. When I'm talking about it now, of course, it doesn't make sense, and that's where the edge in my voice is. Because now I realize God is either all-loving or there's a hell. There cannot be both. We have to pick one. There cannot be an all-loving God that would let people go to hell, that would allow the, quote, creation of a hell. It just—you can't do it. You can't have black and white— existing at the same time. Don't say gray. Stop being a butthole. You see what I'm saying, that it's an impossibility that for some reason we rationalized when we were Christians. We 
somehow let that work in unison without ever questioning how that could happen in physics, how that could just work at all, and it doesn't. So this whole training of the mind is as important when you're deconverting as it is to find community or anything else. Um, I've dealt a long time with anxiety, and it's physical anxiety. It's not, oh, I'm nervous about doing this or doing that. No, this is a, my body's reacting. I think I'm going to die. I need a lot of medication. I'm going to end up in a hospital. Anxiety. And a lot of you all have that too. And if you've gone to a good therapist, they've told you about cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's the training of the mind to pick up those triggers. And when something starts happening where your mind starts thinking in that way, to stop, to acknowledge it, and then to replace it. And hopefully you could replace it with listening to this or listening to some scholars talk about the origins of the hell myth. Um, Or you could just listen to some fun music or happy music, whatever gets you to start breaking that cycle of thought and the cycle of fear will reteach your body just like you were taught when you were young and the hormones started to release with fear, you can start to untrain your mind and then your body will follow that uh, because it's a cycle, obviously, that once adrenaline cortisone gets released, then your mind starts worrying and panicking, your blood pressure goes up, et cetera, et cetera. You really can start to change those things. I think journaling is absolutely a fantastic thing to do. And another thing I've been doing lately is journaling in my computer, have it open to Word, type, type, type for 20 minutes, let my emotions get as mad as I want towards the beliefs I used to hold towards people who've offended me, towards myself and the way I interact with the world that frustrates me. And I just go for 20 minutes. And then at the end, I erase it. Do not keep it. There is something so freeing by doing that. And one, it really helps in training the mind It dilutes your emotions, even if you're like, I don't feel it. I don't think this does anything. Keep at it. It really will start to dilute some fears and some anger that we've all now had blocking up our system, so to speak. And the erasing is just a great way to be like, I dealt with that for now. That's it. That's that's my dealing with it. And then if you can meditate for just five minutes, uh, Zeus knows I can't, but I try, then that really also helps. So I hope this offers you something, and I really appreciate you listening. And write us anytime, and we'll do whatever we can to try and help you get over this fear. Uh, If your parents and family worry about you going to hell, that is not yours. That's, you don't own that, you don't get to own that. Not your property. 
But you just work on those fears and then get in touch with us. Let us know. Write us a letter. You know where we are. Deconversion Therapy Podcast. Now go to sleep. Mm -hmm. 